The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning in. I have a very special guest with me today, Kyle Chronic. Many of you who are on Instagram likely know him from his account, Gotta Keep Going, where he posts about his life with MS. Kyle openly shares about his mental health, his mobility limitations, and day-to-day challenges, but his underlying message throughout it all is to keep going no matter how hard it gets. On today's episode, he shares his story with MS and insights into how he's able to persevere through the incredibly difficult experiences brought on by multiple sclerosis. His story is so inspiring, and I know you'll feel motivated to keep going and keep moving forward after listening to this episode. So let's jump in. Kyle, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So before we get into it, I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but before we get into it, I would love to ask you a question from my interview deck. They are really random questions, but it allows our listeners to feel like they get to know you beyond just your MS journey that we'll talk about today. So all right, let's do it. All right. I'm just shuffling here. Your random question is, what do you think is not fair in today's society? Hmm. In today's society, gosh, I could go in so many different directions. (laughs) Um, Specifically, let's just keep it with uh, healthcare-related stuff. Just our healthcare system is not fair. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm being uh, driven into bankruptcy because I I can't keep up with these medical bills. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the worsening of my condition uh, and it harder, getting harder and harder to uh, come up with money to pay any bills, but medical bills, especially they are with MS, they are expensive. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a great answer. It's a very fitting question for our discussion today, actually. Right? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for answering that. And let's just dive right in. So my first question is pretty broad, but I know that some people may not have heard of you before. Others are avid followers like myself, and we follow you on social media. So my first question is just, can you give us an overview of your MS story and your journey? And maybe just start at the beginning and, you know, how did it impact you and what was your mindset like? Okay. Um, it started um, when I was 20 years old, um, just came out of the blue. I woke up to a new life one day. Uh, I woke up and I was experiencing, uh, numbness, numbness and tingling all up and down my left side, uh, vision, uh, vision blurry and, uh, among 
a million other seemingly unrelated symptoms. Um, I know so many people with MS, it can take a good long time for them to get an actual definitive diagnosis. I was lucky in that my neurologist, uh, as soon as I saw her uh, for the first time, she looked at my scan, my MRI for maybe 30 seconds. And she was like, oh yes, this is MS. Oh, wow. Um, which was frightening. I had never even heard of multiple sclerosis at that point. Um, and then all of a sudden I had this incurable lifelong disease. So I was, I felt uh, so overwhelmed. So just lost. What, what do I do with this? Um, and stress has been the biggest uh, contributor to my health decline. Um, so my, my MS has been pretty aggressive from the get-go. Uh, I'm only 31 years old, um, but it has progressed further than I thought it would in my entire life. Um, my diagnosing neurologist, she painted a, a grim prognosis. She told me that I would be blind and in a wheelchair by the time I'm 30. Wow. Uh, not something you, uh, anybody needs to hear, but especially when you're 20 years old, you yeah. think you're about to start life and now this, right. what now? Yeah. I can only imagine the downward spiral that could put someone in. How did, how did that make an impact on your life? Like even outside of the MS more mentally, how did you cope with hearing things like that? Um, well, good thing I've got such a great support system. So many great people around me that has been essential from, from the start. Um, I was living with uh, my mom at the time and she was just as lost as I was. But as soon as we got this news, we just buried ourselves in research. What can we do? Because uh, uh, other than that neurologist's uh, grim prognosis, the thought of taking these disease-modifying therapies long-term was just very off-putting and something I uh, couldn't accept. Right. Uh, Initially, I did do disease-modifying therapies because I thought that was what I had to do. Yeah, especially but, back then. That, that's a lot of what was being promoted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was 10 years ago. I'm curious. So I've been an MS specialist for going on seven years. And I personally feel, and you know, I'm very aware that that's not that long of a time in the grand scheme of things, but... I feel that even in the last seven years, treatments and just availability of information has become so much more popular and you can find it so many other places and there's newer sure. things. But as a person with MS, have you had the same experience where when you were first diagnosed, it was limited information and now it's different? Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like they were all these disease modifying therapies were still pretty new to the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it has come a long way with, with all kinds of therapies. Uh, I, I will try anything and everything 
Um, and I feel like I have. Yeah. Uh, I've left the country for stem cells. I've done disease, modif uh, disease modifying therapies, uh, countless uh, disease modifying therapies. Um, and just so many alternative treatments. So yeah, I think there are so many different ways anybody with MS can go. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 uh, diet has been a big thing for me. I was listening to your podcast pretty recently uh, about you going to the MS conference in Orlando and you were talking mm -hmm. about uh, the WALS protocol and the, the swank diet. Yes. Um, I, I pretty early on in my diagnosis, I discovered Terry Walls. Uh, it was before she even developed the Walls protocol. Uh, okay. She she had that book, Minding Your Mitochondria. Um, so I, I familiarized myself with her and that protocol. I I feel like it is so helpful to so many people, um, especially if you're newly diagnosed and minimally impaired. Uh, it can it can make a huge difference. That's great to know. So what would you say in terms of your mindset? Has it switched at all? Like you, you've tried a bunch of different things and still are trying a bunch of different things. Has your mindset switched at all in any way from 10 years ago to now? Absolutely. Um, I, I, uh, I go in, in cycles of being very, very good mentally, feeling very strong to not very strong. I feel like that's largely a, the nature of the condition itself. Um, but I was dealing with mental health issues for years before I even had MS. So that's not something that's unfamiliar, but I feel like my mind these days is far more stable. Um, and I attribute that almost entirely to meditation um, and my constant movement. Uh, I'm sitting here at my desk, buried in schoolwork, but every hour or so, I'll go and get on my yoga mat, do some stretching and just moving. Yeah. Uh, I, I love how active you are. And I'll get into that in a second because I have some questions on that. In terms of meditation, though, before we move on, how did you get started? I know for a lot of people, myself included, when you first get started, it seems just daunting, overwhelming, mm -hmm. hard to do. How yeah. did you get started and how has it become this thing that has helped you overcome so much? You know what? I, uh, I don't exactly recall how or when I discovered transcendental meditation. That's uh, what I practice. Um, but I, I Googled transcendental meditation and Asheville, that's where I live. Uh, and there's a TM center right here. Wow. So I went and got trained and it, it is such a simple practice, but the results are so profound. Um, from uh, everything, I mean, even fatigue, um, That's so yeah, huge. meditation, meditation is huge. Yeah. I actually don't know. I feel naive for saying this, but I didn't know that there were actual places that you could go to learn a certain mm -hmm. type of meditation. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. 
So what are some of the other things you've mentioned, um, nutrition, meditation, exercise, what are some of the things that you've tried that maybe stuck out to you more than others in feeling like, okay, yeah, this is something that's helping. Uh, cannabis is a big one. That's something else I heard on one of your podcasts, just mentioning cannabis. Um, there are yeah. many forms of cannabis. I mean, you can do just CBD, which is uh, available, I think, all over the country in all 50 states. Um, yeah. But yeah, THC as well for, for pain, for sleep, for cannabis has kind of been like meditation also. Yeah. Uh, I can go from being in a dark place to being feeling grounded and able to tackle these obstacles. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I feel like if anyone else is listening, who also follows you on social media, your posts are amazing. They're so real. And we can see like a glimpse in your day-to-day life of what you're doing. And what comes across to me is that you have this positive, you know, push through go-getter type of mindset. And, you know, even your account name has, you know, continue like go, go on, keep moving, keep pushing. Um, so have you always had that personality or is that something that you've had to come to over time? Um, maybe I have uh, had that as a part of my personality for forever, but probably more so now just with these challenges right in front of me all the time, can't escape them. I can't walk away and, uh, well, literally can't walk away and right. uh, focus on something else. So I, I just, I was going through some uh, rough times other than the MS with relationship uh, deterioration. Um, and I, I realized that nobody was going to do this but me so I had to do it for myself mm -hmm. uh, nobody else nobody's coming to save me so it's it's on me yeah I mean that's a tough realization but it's so true and it's almost like hearing you say that it sounds so empowering like wow this is going to be hard but you have the control like no one else can do anything for it for you so exactly that's awesome. That's, that's good that you were able to use that side of your personality and apply it to this situation. Cause I know I've worked with tons of people with MS and some people have that mindset and that personality and others who used to have it just don't apply it to their life with MS. And then right. they'll start to deteriorate. You know, you don't want to exercise. So mm -hmm. it makes it harder to do things. So that's awesome. And again, if, if you're not following Kyle, definitely check him out. Your Instagram is gotta keep going. Gotta keep going underscore. Underscore. Yeah. It's, and, and for anyone wondering, I'll put that in our show notes too. So you can find him easily. Cool. So when it comes to physical therapy and exercise, of course, I'm a huge advocate. Mm -hmm. What has your experience been with that? How soon did you start going to physical therapy or exercising? Was it right away later on? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's funny. Um, when I was first diagnosed, uh, and I was like, okay, this is going to affect my mobility. Can I get a, uh, a script for some physical therapy? Mm -hmm. That neurologist said, mm, I don't think we should pursue that. <laughs> uh, but I, I've, been, um, I've been doing that from the get-go. And mm -hmm. physical therapy, I love my physical therapy. Um, 
I've, uh, I do it every single week at this place, just a couple of miles from here. Uh, I was asking my physical therapist yesterday, I was like, do you know Dr. Gretchen? <laughs> they said, no, who is this? I was like, well, you need to get yourself familiar with her. Uh, she's an MS specialist and yeah, check out, check out Dr. Gretchen. But <laughs> yeah, that's, um, it's so integral to just moving forward to my message of gotta keep going. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, I, I had been, I've been doing physical therapy at this place all year. And I just recently saw this quote on the wall that was exactly my message. I, I can't uh, remember it exactly, but I, I've got a, a post about it on my Instagram. I can uh, read it for you if you'd like. I recently came across and I saved yeah, it. Yeah. I loved it. So the yeah. quote is, I think there are two keys to success. One is to show up. The other is to keep going. Most people don't keep going from Dan John. I loved that. That's it. And uh, I, I don't know how I was doing exercises right next to it on the wall <laughs> all year. Yeah. Just saw it. Wow. You know, I, unfortunately, the experience that you just described is so common mm-hmm. where, you know, as short as 10 years ago in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long ago, but as little as 10 years ago, physical therapy was still seen as something that might increase your fatigue and Mm. therefore can cause your symptoms to worsen. So, so many neurologists were not referring to PT. They were worried that it would cause some type of side effect that would cause you to be worse. Mm. But within the last few years, I found that there's more and more referrals coming through for physical therapy. But even now, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you really have to advocate for yourself with your doctors and ask for those referrals. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's something that I've said to anybody that uh, is newly diagnosed that is reaching out to me from any social media. Uh, You you have to be your own advocate. Because nobody's coming to save you. It's all linked. Yeah. And one thing too, that I learned about you through your social media posts is that you love to wander and to travel. Mm -hmm. And I heard somewhere that you had, I don't know if it was one doctor or several doctors, but basically tell you that you wouldn't be able to do that anymore. You can't live Mm -hmm. that lifestyle and you're clearly proving them wrong. But can you tell us a little bit about that? That's right. Um, The, the one that I'm most proud of probably um, I had a rash of some uh, bad car accidents uh, within just a year's time. After the third one, I was like, I have to get as far away from here as possible. And I booked myself a solo trip cross country to Seattle. Wow. And yeah, doctors were telling me, you, you, you can't do that. You cannot do this. Uh, everybody was telling me that. Friends, family, everybody. Wow. Uh, and I just got my walker and I got on that plane and I enjoyed Seattle for a full week. Um, and yeah, traveling, traveling solo is very empowering. Traveling solo with a disability, even more so. Because you've been told that you can't do it. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it's so nice. Um, yeah, Seattle. That's so great. Did you find that you had to... Um, 
plan ahead, but in the way, like beyond what someone would normally do? Like, did you have to call anything, call the airports to request anything or where you were going to be staying? What did that look like? For sure. Um, I learned that you should uh, request a wheelchair in a wheel uh, in, in an airport, uh, mm -hmm. which they they'll provide you with and they'll get you all the way to your, your destination. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely something that you need to do. That's great. I'm a huge advocate for that. Even for people who their mobility is okay, you know, an airport, depending on which airport, some of them are pretty tiny, but others are pretty big. And yeah, I grew up in the life. Atlanta airport, uh, mm. which is huge. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, just, you know, conserve your energy, save it for when you get off the plane and you want to do things, not, not in the airport. That's right. So this actually brings up something else I wanted to ask you about. I love that you share that you have different mobility aids. So mm -hmm. often people think that if you have a wheelchair, you are wheelchair bound, and that's the only right. thing that you use. So what are the different mobility aids that you use and how do you use them differently? Um, I, if we go down into my garage, I've got probably three or four walkers, uh, three or four wheelchairs. I've got canes all over the house. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I was of the same mindset too, that I, I was terrified that if I'm in a wheelchair, that's, that's it. I lost. Yeah. Um, but thank goodness I, I, I've come around and I, I use I use the wheelchair all weekend. We had to travel down to Florida for the weekend. Um, and we were gonna be walking a lot. Uh, I, I can still walk with my walker very slowly. And I wanted to keep up with everybody. Mm -hmm. So I definitely brought my wheelchair and it was it was it's it's nice. Um, it, it's, I, I just want to go fast, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm trying so hard to get back to just using a cane. Um, I feel so, so unstable, no balance, um, just using the cane, but I still try and do it uh, around the house at least. Mm -hmm. um, I was just talking to my physical therapist yesterday uh, saying I was going to bring in my cane next week and uh, we can try and do some exercises and work on doing that because I, uh, I think maybe just my form, if, if they help me with my form and know the mechanics of walking, mm -hmm. that could make all the difference. Oh yeah. And you know, with each diff with each mobility aid, even two different walkers or rollators, especially a cane or trekking poles, our body responds differently when we're using different devices. So yep. yeah. What motivates you? You know, I'm, I'm, I know that you have days just because you post about this publicly, but I know you have days that are just a, a big struggle. What motivates you to keep going, especially on those days where you just you don't feel accountable. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, what, what keeps you pushing, keeps you going? Um, probably my dogs, first of all, and also the concept of impermanence. Uh, I don't think this is going to last. I, I still hold on to this hope that something will change something, some treatment will come up that will be 
wildly effective and I can get back to being a runner, a surfer, a mountain biker. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know that's coming even, even as I have continued to deteriorate, deteriorate. Um, I know it's not forever. I love that outlook. Yeah, it can totally push you to, because I don't know, like just hearing you say that my mindset is, yeah. And you know, when that comes, at what point do you want to be? Do you, will you have not exercised for 20 Mm -hmm. years or will you be ready for it? Oh, um, I'm ready right now. (laughs) Yes, I can tell that for sure. Yeah. So do you have any tips? You've mentioned a few already um, in our conversation so far, but do you have any tips for either someone who has MS that, that is struggling right now to see the light at the end of the tunnel um, or even someone, whether they were newly diagnosed or have been diagnosed for years, some, something to keep them going, you know, that that's your whole motto. What tips or advice do you have for someone who's struggling in that area right now? Just keep searching for answers. Um, I, I always try, I'm still searching and that, that keeps me going. Cause I know there is an answer out there. There has to be. So there's an answer for us to uh, improve our quality of life. Um, and yeah, just, just keep searching and be your own advocate and do lots of research. So I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. So one thing I've been wanting to ask you about, because I've been seeing um, this pop up a lot, what is MS Confidential? MS Confidential. um, This is a product of the pandemic. I'm very fortunate to have been invited by these three wonderful ladies. Um, There are three other ladies on MS Confidential. Uh, All of us have MS, varying degrees of MS, um, and we're all over the country. There's a a doctor that works up at Harvard. um, And then there, the other two ladies, they live in San Francisco. And uh, Jessica and Annie, they're, uh, I'd say they're minimally impaired. Um, And then Elizabeth, she's a complete quadriplegic and her MS has been uh, wildly aggressive. Um, so we, we have monthly meetings where we have a, a webinar discussing various topics uh, about MS. Um, we've got one coming up about relationships and the effect MS has on relationships. It has been, uh, it's been pretty amazing. We were re- reaching people all over the world. Uh, We, our last um, episode, we had a guest speaker. He was a doctor uh, from Australia, living in Australia. And uh, yeah, it's been been really cool seeing where all the conversations go. Uh, And then we just added a question and answer segment. Mm. So it's good to hear what other people are wondering what what they have on their mind yeah so is it something where people can join live and listen in to you four and as well as the guests so five of you yes um if you find me on 
Instagram, I, I have a link on my profile. It's through Unfixed Media. Uh, that is our producer. They're based out in Portland. Okay. Awesome. And I can share that the link as well as Kyle's Instagram and all of that in the show notes. So if anyone is looking for that, just check that out. Cool. I, I love that. The, the things that I've seen for MS Confidential have just been so powerful, like these clips of just what you guys are talking about. And the ones that I've seen, it's just your day-to-day life and your day-to-day mm-hmm. experiences. And you can tell just from watching it that that you guys don't feel alone. Like there's other people out there who are going through similar things and that sense of community can be so powerful and often missed with a lot of people. Right. Uh, And that's something we definitely wanted to get across too. Yeah. You're not alone. Uh, We're in this together. Yeah. So you said, is it monthly that you have? Monthly. Yep. Okay. Is it the same day? Like, is it every first Tuesday or is it switched up? I believe every second Wednesday. Every second Wednesday. Awesome. And I can put that schedule in the show notes as well. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, this has been so insightful and I I really appreciate you and your time talking to us. I think it's so easy to feel like you are alone in this, Mm -hmm. especially when you don't know anyone else that has MS and it might feel like when you're not surrounded by that community, you don't know where to go. And then you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. It can be hard to advocate for yourself and do the things that you got to do to keep going. So I appreciate your insights and just sharing your stories with us. Yeah, of course. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you're looking for physical therapy-based exercises, focusing on MS weaknesses to help improve your mobility, strength, balance, and energy, consider checking out my online MS wellness program, The Missing Link. I have a behind the scenes video where you can get an inside look at what the program entails. So I'll put that link in the show notes for you and you can check it out, see if it'd be a good fit for you and your goals or not. But if you're not ready to commit to the missing link, I do have a free five day MS strength challenge. This, as it mentions, is only five days long. And we talk about one topic per day. The video is only about five minutes and we cover everything from functional exercise to support and accountability. It's designed to help you get started and set up for success with your exercise program. So I will put the link for the five-day MS strength challenge in the show notes as well. And hopefully you'll enjoy that just as much as the behind the scenes video. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.